Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two is this thing called resistance, holding us back. Resistance cannot be seen, touched, heard or smelled, but it can be felt. It's a repelling force. It's negative. Its aim is to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. We've all felt this force. We sit down to do our work and we find ourselves staring blankly at a screen or empty page, waiting for something to happen, only for us to procrastinate and delay the task at hand. Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. I'm Zabir. If you're new here, hit that subscribe. Today's topic is one familiar to most of us, procrastination. We're going to talk about what it is, theories behind it, and then we're going to talk about some simple techniques I use to beat procrastination. Let's get into it. Procrastination is when we voluntarily avoid tasks despite expecting our behavior to bring negative consequences. Just like that time you said you'll do that thing later and then proceeded to do everything but that. Why do we procrastinate? One theory to explain procrastination is by Dr. Piers Steele, known as the temporal motivation theory. He explains that procrastination has a few key components. The first thing is expectancy, which refers to how confident we are in our ability to complete the task successfully. And then there's value, so if we perceive the value of the task to be high rewarding, we'll be more motivated to act without delay. And then there's impulsiveness, which refers to the timing of the task being the greatest determinant of whether you do the task or not. Immediate rewards are more desirable than rewards that require you to wait. And lastly, delay. So how far is the goal into the future? And these four components formulate the procrastination equation, which is motivation, equals expectancy multiplied by value divided by impulsiveness multiplied by delay. So you can manipulate the equation to change one or more of its components. For instance, if someone has low expectancy because a task is too difficult, that leads to a lack of optimism. You can remedy this by splitting bigger tasks into smaller, more achievable ones. That way you can be more optimistic about your chances to complete the next task and the one after that. You could also change the value aspects. People also procrastinate because the goal isn't high enough value to make them want to do the tedious steps required. You could increase the value by gamifying the process, incorporating rewards, or maybe you could tell people about the goal to increase your accountability on your end. Another thing you can do to decrease procrastination is to lower impulsiveness. This is a particular sticking point because those who are impulsive find it hard to focus on long-term goals. They tend to persistently get distracted or tempted away from the tasks and their goals. You can also do this by getting rid of distractions and temptations by organizing your workspace. Delay is harder to change because most deadlines for tasks are there for a reason. And this theory can be a useful tool to help you unpick why you might be procrastinating. But remember, you can't really describe complex human behaviors using simple equations. Another theory that attempts to explain procrastination is the emotion regulation theory. It states that procrastination happens when people prioritize their short-term mood over long-term goal achievement. And this mainly happens by postponing aversive tasks in order to postpone the negative emotions that come with it. John is an intelligent and capable uni student who has a paper due in two weeks. The paper is a big part of his final grade and he knows that he needs to work on it right now to ensure its quality and avoid last minute stress. But John has been putting off starting the paper even though he's well aware of the consequences of procrastination. 
He finds the thought of working on the paper aversive and anticipates negative emotions such as stress, boredom, and anxiety associated with the task. According to emotion regulation theory, John's procrastination is driven by his desire to prioritize a short-term mood over his long-term goal. Instead of facing these negative emotions head on, John engages in avoidance behavior by postponing the task, hoping to escape the immediate discomfort of tackling the paper. Initially, John diverts his attention to more enjoyable activities like socializing with his mates, watching films, and playing video games, which all provide temporary relief from the negative associations with the paper. However, as the deadline approaches, he begins to feel guilty and anxious about not having started the paper, and the negative emotions intensify, causing further distress. In an attempt to alleviate the escalating anxiety, John might resort to more avoidance tactics, such as rationalizing his behavior by saying things like, I work better under pressure, or seeking distractions. And this creates a vicious cycle of procrastination where John continues to prioritize short-term mood over long-term benefits of completing the paper on time. As the deadline approaches, John faces increasing pressure and his stress levels reach a peak. Now, he must confront original negative emotions associated with the task, but also the added stress of running out of time. And the heightened stress further impacts his overall well-being and probably his academic performance as well. We've all been in a similar position to John. To break free from the procrastination cycle, he needs to recognize and address the underlying emotions that led to his avoidance behavior. He could try employing strategies like time management techniques, setting small achievable goals, seeking social support, or reframing his thoughts about the task by reducing its aversiveness. And by understanding the emotion regulation theory of procrastination and applying appropriate coping mechanisms, John can enhance his ability to manage negative emotions and prioritize long-term goals over short-term mood ultimately leading to improved academic performance and overall well-being. John was actually me at university. And if like me, you find yourself in that chronic cycle of putting things off again and again, how do you stop it? Let's talk about the 11 things that can help you stop procrastinating. Do the most ugly and daunting tasks first, or in other words, eat that frog, which is what Brian Tracy's book is all about. Your frog is your biggest and most important task and is often the one that you're most likely to procrastinate on if you don't take action. By taking on the biggest task, you build momentum and gain a sense of accomplishment earlier in the day. For example, imagine you have to write a daunting report and instead of putting it off, begin with it in the morning where your energy levels are high and you'll notice how the rest of your day becomes more productive. This message is also echoed in Gary Keller's The One Thing, which I've spoken out in another video. And this suggests that identifying the task that will have the most significant impact on your goals. And by prioritizing this task, you make progress towards your objectives and you reduce the tendency to procrastinate. For instance, if your primary goal is to increase sales, spend your focus time on closing that one crucial deal that will move the needle for your business. Another technique is to make your tasks concrete and clear. Break them down into smaller manageable chunks. This approach makes the workload seem less daunting and helps maintain focus. For example, if you have a research project at university, just divide it into stages like gathering sources, outlining and writing the main points in a plan. It becomes more achievable and reduces your tendency to procrastinate. The next thing is to make sure you have a clear workspace. A cluttered desk can hinder your productivity and lead to procrastination. Try to create an attractive and calming environment that promotes concentration so you can give yourself the best chance of getting into a good workflow. Organize your desk. Keep only essential items visible and remove distractions and unrelated things or personal items. There will be tasks that you just don't want to do. 
Focusing on your identity can help with this. James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits. I've actually done a video on habits, I'll link it somewhere. Essentially, he says to change your behavior for good, you need to start believing certain things about yourself. You need to build identity-based habits. And most goals we set are outcome-based, like I want to lose weight or I want to read more. When instead, you should be focused on becoming that person who exercises every day or becoming the type of person that reads for 30 minutes before bed. If you're a bit of a perfectionist like me, then this can kind of hold you back. It's fine to want to do things well and thoroughly, but if it's stopping you from starting, then you have to act. For instance, I was spending way too much time editing the first video on this channel. Go and watch it. I was constantly changing aspects of it because I thought that this is what everyone would like or this might look good. And this would constantly push back the work over and over. One thing that works well for me that makes it hard for me to procrastinate is by putting your phone in another room. If it's in reach, it's so easy to give in to resistance and get sucked into the world of social media. Out of sight, out of mind. And using time constraints can also help with the procrastination. A popular one you may have heard of is the Pomodoro technique. I personally have never used this technique, but I do set myself time deadlines within the day. So the Pomodoro technique is where you set a physical timer for 25 minutes and focus solely on one task during that time. And after each interval, you take a five minute break and then you restart the timer and get back to work. This structured approach maintains motivation and prevents you from getting overwhelmed. Also, remember to reward your accomplishments. Rewarding yourself for completing tasks can be a good motivator to stop procrastination and stay on track. By recognizing your achievements, you build a sense of accomplishment, which can sort of boost your motivation to tackle tasks in the future. Small things like breaks or letting yourself watch a bit of TV or video games can help if you hit your target. And this can create positive reinforcement for hard work. Using commitment devices can help because these can sort of block your procrastination triggers. Website blockers or productivity apps can prevent you from getting distracted. And these tools can restrict access to time-wasting websites that we all go on. And this can help maintain discipline. Also, working in different locations can boost productivity by introducing a bit of novelty. Changing your workspace occasionally, like going to a new coffee shop, can sort of refresh your mind and reduce the likelihood of procrastination caused by monotony. I actually like doing this because working at my desk at home all the time can get a bit repetitive. Try out various locations and see which one works for you. Some people thrive in a bustling environment like a coffee shop while others prefer calm and quiet library. I used to actually like going to the library to socialize, but it can actually help because everyone around you is working and it kind of forces you to get into the habit of working. Find the right environment that suits your preferences. Plus the novelty factor provides a sense of excitement, making your work feel less like it's a chore. Now, if you found this video interesting, you might like this video I made on how to ingrain habits and make them stick. See you guys in the next one. Peace.